Hey there, Fletcher Things Overlanding here, and today I wanted to talk about rookie mistakes, kind of some of them that I've made, some things that I've learned, and try and give you a little bit of knowledge and help you avoid some of the things that I've experienced through mistakes that I've made in the past. So especially if you are newer to overlanding, this will be super helpful for you, but I'm sure that even if you've been doing this for a while, you're going to hear some of this stuff and either chuckle about it or learn something. So if you want to learn more about some of my rookie mistakes that I've made and sort of the ways that I've grown and improved since then, stay tuned. All right, so as I mentioned in the intro today, I'm talking about rookie mistakes and how to avoid them when starting out overlanding. I'm going to give you some specific stories of things that I've done that were really stupid, and but they're things that I've done recently. Like These are things that I've done within the last month, and I've been doing this for like four or five years. So again, just wanted to try and pass on some of my information to you guys to hopefully make things a little bit better for you and save you some time and maybe even money. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Two. All right, so but first let's start out with talking about being prepared, right? So... Always, always, always overestimate obstacles, overestimate potential risks in overlanding. So, you know, I've mentioned it in a couple other episodes I posted it on my Instagram and stuff, but I managed to get my truck super, super stuck and almost flopped it on its side in a spot where I just did not, I had no idea that it was that crazy there. And I had no thought that I would ever be in a situation like that in that place. Always overestimate. Don't underestimate any obstacles. Don't get super cocky. Don't, you know, I've been doing this for years and I, I just didn't even, didn't even occur to me that this could become a thing. So when I saw this obstacle, we'd been through it. We were going back through it. Right. So there's, there's something to be said there. Like I, I had some overconfidence because I'm like, oh, we already been through this. I'm just going back through it. But so overestimate those and be very cautious. Always, always err on the side of cautiousness. Also in line with that is bring recovery gear, right? Like don't ever skimp on that. I don't hardly carry my recovery boards anymore because I haven't really needed them and I don't really have a good way to mount them on my truck. So I haven't really brought those, but I did have, you know, like my normal stuff, a kinetic rope, a regular strap, a couple soft shackles, a couple hard shackles, the sort of my standard kit. I keep in my truck all the time. So luckily I had that stuff when I got stuck. Um, If I hadn't had that, we would have been screwed. I don't think we would have been able to recover my truck. But if I'd had traction boards, maybe that would have helped too, right? So always bring your recovery gear. Always, you know, be super cautious on obstacles and things like that. And just be aware of your surroundings and make sure that you are being as cautious as you possibly can. Because again, with overlanding, our goal isn't wheeling, right? Like I'm not trying to prove anything to anyone. It wasn't cool that I got stuck. It actually slowed us down and made us get to camp later. We had dinner later. We kind of had to pack up or unpack in the dark. It wasn't ideal. It actually was not cool at all. I mean, of course, it's a funny story now and I got some cool pictures out of it, but it wasn't worth the risk of almost flopping my truck. Hear that? 
Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. That side. Um, number two, make a checklist and stick to it. You will forget things, right? So, like, if you can be as disciplined as possible to either have a spot for everything on your rig and make sure everything gets put back, then you will be in better shape than I am most of the time. So I'll give you a good example. I had a buddy approach me that I went backpacking with him a few years ago, and he's a longtime friend, known him for quite a few years. And uh, I went backpacking with him years ago. And it was my first time backpacking. I was not equipped. I was not prepared. It rained the whole time. It was kind of miserable. I ended up sleeping in his tent with him because I couldn't get my hammock to work. Like, it was it was not great. And um, But we had a good time, and we came out of it with funny stories, and we can't be... And we became even closer friends from that that situation. So more recently, he's like, hey, dude, you've been doing this overlanding thing for a while. You've kind of got, like, your stuff all set up and kitted out. Show me your side of the, the fence, right? Like, I do the backpacking. I do the ultralight. I do all that stuff. Show me overlanding. Like, what's the difference? Show me what it is. And so we went out, and, like, I, I sent him a text. He's like, what do I need? I'm like, you need, like, sleeping quarters for yourself, like some sort of tent, sleeping bag, pillow, just your normal sleeping stuff. And then bring a chair. Like, you'll want a chair. Because we're going to sit around a fire and kind of hang out and drink beers and stuff. So that's the difference, right? Like, that's what overlanding is, is I've got a fridge in the back of my truck. So I can take as many beers as you want. Versus with backpacking, you just really can't. Because you want to shave weight as much as possible. So we go out on this trip. We get there. We're unpacking all of our stuff. I set my tent up, my rooftop tent. It takes two seconds. So anyway, so we get all of our stuff set up. And then I'm, I open my drawers to try and get my chair out to go sit by the fire. And I realize... When I got home from my last trip, I'd cleared out all my drawers. I was going to kind of repack them and change things up, and then I just hadn't repacked them. So I didn't have a chair. So I'm the overlanding guy, the quote-unquote expert at overlanding, and uh, my buddy had a chair. He brought one because I told him to bring one, but I forgot mine, and uh, I looked like an idiot, and I had to sit on a log all night, which was fine. It worked fine. I wasn't going to complain about it because it's my own stupid fault, but... Um, but I could have been a lot more comfortable if I brought my chair, my Helinox with me, you know. So anyways, you know, be a little bit intentional with your stuff. My favorite thing to do is just to have a spot for everything. Again, if I had unpacked it and then repacked it right away, I would have been fine. I just hadn't yet. But uh, have a spot for everything. Put stuff in a certain spot. Kind of set some ground rules for yourself. I like to, typically when I get home from a trip, when I'm not rearranging my entire setup, I get home from a trip and I have certain things that I take out, like pots and pans, things that need to be cleaned, Things that maybe got smoky or dirty that need to be washed, I'll take in clothes, that sort of thing, uh, sleeping bags, blankets, pillows, that kind of thing. But then I typically will get those all clean, and then I'll put them back in a pile. In my office, I kind of have like a stack, which is like my prep stack for when I'm going to go on a trip. And I will put everything back there. I'm very religious about it. Like, I make sure everything gets back in that stack so that I'm ready to go. Have something like that. Or have a checklist. I also have a checklist that I do that's like a Google Sheet where I will, you know, kind of make a list of everything. And then I will, like today, I'm, I'm out in the woods. I came camping today. I went through my whole checklist. I've got everything. It's great. I'm ready to go. I've got dinner. I didn't forget my stove. I didn't forget my chair. I've got everything and everything feels great so anyways so make sure that you bring your stuff that's important but forgetting stuff is something that's going to happen don't feel bad if it happens but learn from it and then try and improve create some sort of repeatable process and or keep things in a certain spot so you've always got them that's a big this episode is brought to you by reese's peanut butter cups in breaking news 
Leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's peanut butter cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Tip. It's going to save you a ton of heartache. Okay, so then the final part of this podcast slash video is that uh, you need to be very careful what trails you go on. And I'm going to give you a horrifying story from a few years ago that I'm still embarrassed about. But, I mean, it happens. And, again, I think a lot of people, a lot of these YouTubers especially, will hide this stuff and not talk about it. I don't really care. If you think it's embarrassing, if you want to give me crap in the comments, go ahead. That's fine. It was a situation that we got ourselves into. We didn't realize it, and we thought we were okay, and we weren't, and we got yelled at, and it was a very valuable learning experience that made me be even more cautious with picking trails and kind of picking where I'm going. But so let me tell you that story. So we basically were in LBL, Land Between the Lakes, which is down in Kentucky, about seven hours away from my house. And we'd gone down there for a long weekend. Like we left Thursday night or early Friday morning. We were there all day Friday and Friday night and Saturday night, and then we were gonna come back Sunday. And um, we had Gaia. I was using Gaia. So I had the, the layers on it and everything where I was, I thought that I could see the MVUM and the, the trails and everything. And as far as I could tell, there are 100, 200, and 300 series roads. And then there were a couple of sporadic, like 400 series roads. And they all looked like roads and they all seemed okay. And we were like navigating using Gaia. And um, we get on this one trail that was actually like kind of fun. Like it was kind of a cool trail. And there's like, it was two tracks. I mean, it didn't look like a path or anything. It didn't look like a walking path. Um, But it had two tracks. People had driven down it. And there were like some fun muddy rut stuff that we had gone through. And we kind of got to the end of it and it kind of just like dead ended. And we were like, eh, we probably can't camp back here. There's no fire rings or anything like that. But it was fun trail. We'll turn around. We'll go back. So we turn around. We're going back down this trail. And as I'm going forward, I see ahead of me like 20 horses with people on them. And I'm like, well, that's weird, right? Like maybe they're just on the trail on their horses. And so like immediately, like I'm deferential to them. I'm like, I'm, I want to get out of your way, right? Like I, you have horses, living beings. I'm in a truck. Like I'm just going to get out of your way and let you go past. So I pull way off to the side of the trail. My buddy pulls way off to the side of the trail. We get out of their way. I have my windows down. It's summer. It's hot. It was really hot. And, um, and I'm sitting there and I'm just like waving like, hi, you know, hey, thinking nothing is wrong. And apparently it's like a lead group of horseback, like they're training people to horseback ride horses. And the leader comes up to my window and he's like a middle-aged guy. Like, I mean, I guess I'm a middle-aged guy, but he's like my age, maybe five or six years older than me. And he starts yelling at me. He's like, what are you doing back here? This isn't a road. You can't have vehicles back here. This is horses only. I could call the police right now and blah, blah. I mean, just yelling at me. And I'm like, bro, easy. I'm sorry, right? Like, I thought this was a road. I had no idea. I'm not, you know, spinning tires. I'm not covered in mud. I'm not destroying the trail. I'm, I thought this was a trail. It's a two track. I thought I was okay. And my maps, it looks okay. 
Um, but it was not, apparently. Apparently it was a horse-only trail. It was like a no-vehicle, no-ATV, no-nothing type trail. And there was no signs. We just didn't know it. But this guy was from there and, like, was leading this group of people on horses through. And so I felt like a total ass and felt really dumb and bad. And, uh, you know, I mean, to be fair, I, I don't think he needed to go off like that. Like, it wasn't like I was being belligerent or, like, arguing with him or, like, cussing him out. or Like, I didn't do anything to him. I was very apologetic, you know. But again, like, that's just, I'm from Indiana. I'm Midwestern, right? So, like, that's my personality. And I do feel bad. Like, I don't I don't have any sort of sense of, like, oh, I, I was in the right or, oh, it was an accident. It's not my fault. You know, like, it was obviously it's, somehow it's my fault. Like I, I needed to learn more before I went on that trail, right? So a valuable lesson learned there, right? Like be very aware of like signs that say people horses only, right? Or like no motorized vehicles down this way. Like maybe there was a sign somewhere. We never saw it. Like even when we went back out, we're looking everywhere for this thing. We never saw a sign. But like you could get in big trouble, right? Like we, if if that guy was right, which I'm assuming that he was, and, like, DNR had showed up, like, they hypothetically could have written me a ticket, probably, for being on that trail. And so, again, not perfect, right? Like, I'm just a guy. I'm, I'm learning this stuff like you guys are. But you need to be aware of that stuff. You need to know that stuff like that exists. That there are trails that even if they look like a two-track, even if they look like a trail, even if your guy is telling you that it's okay, sometimes it's not okay. So be very aware and look for signs and stuff that say no motorized vehicles. Try and get some, like, insider info if you can from, like, Facebook groups and stuff. People that are in the area, especially if you're traveling to a new area like I was where I've never been there before. Sometimes you just got to be really cautious and you may have to avoid, even if a trail looks cool, you shouldn't go down it if you're not 100% sure that it's a legit trail. So those were kind of my tips, right? Kind of like rookie mistakes to avoid and things to learn. So I hope that that was helpful for you. If it was and you're on YouTube, click that like button, click that subscribe button because I put out stuff like this all the time. If you're on the podcast, leave a five-star review. That's huge. It helps so much. And thank you so much for listening all the way through this thing. I appreciate you guys. Uh, also in the description down below will be links to all my other social channels. So I'd love to have you wherever you want to hang out, come hang out. There's also a link to my website where I've got funny overlanding and camping themed stickers and patches. So if you're into any of that stuff, if you're an overlander, you get the patch thing. You get the sticker thing. We all love our stickers. We love our patches. They're Velcro-backed. They're really high quality. They're super nice stuff. And I think they're pretty reasonably priced. I lowered the prices on them like a year ago. And I'm not planning to raise them anytime soon. So if you want any of those, go ahead and click through that link down below and check those out. And then last but not least, there are links to my Patreon group where I've got a ton of people. We're in a Discord. We chat 24-7. And it's a ton of fun. And then there's also the Facebook group called Newbie Overlanders. Totally free to join tens of thousands of people in that group. Okay, that's exaggerating a little bit, like 14,000 people in that group at the time of recording this. Uh, but awesome people, super helpful, different than the big groups. They're not going to make fun of you or anything like that. So if you want to ask questions, if you want to sort of dig deeper into overlanding, definitely check that out. But again, thanks so much for watching. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time.